This is One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and this morning I'm speaking with Lisa Audi or Audi. I messed this up last time. Correct. Audi like the Audi. See, I grew up where it was Audi like the car. Audi, I, I'm sorry. Listen. So Lisa Audi, who is the pres- board president and founder of a really cool, really new um, program uh, called Bring On the Spectrum. And Lisa, good morning. Thanks for being here. Good morning. And I would go by Audi if they would give me a car. Hey, hey, that's a good point. You could go either way, depending on what gets you the car. But I have a feeling these days, nobody's giving away cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so it's nice to have you on the show. Um, I would love to just start by asking you to tell me and our audience all about Bring on the Spectrum, maybe from start to finish, sort of, you know, what started it all, um, your personal and professional motivation and what it is, what your hopes are for the future. And uh, I'd just like to give it over to you. Great. Thank you. I appreciate this. Um, I, it's great that you guys are doing uh, podcasts like this for the, the autism community. Um, you know, Bring on the Spectrum is going to be a community space and sensory gym located in uh, Albany, New York. Um, the idea was, you know, trying to address what we all know are gaps in um, services and activities for uh, neurodiverse population. And so, you know, the sensory gym operation is, you know, pretty straightforward in terms of, you know, what it is and what it can be. Um, you know, what we've done that's a little bit unique is, you know, we're going to be splitting uh, by age groups. You know, a lot of sensory gyms cater to very young children, you know, early elementary. Um, and we are going to have, you know, an, an area that is for the early, early elementary population, you know, cl- you know, climb and slides, um, you know, sensory swings, tactile type stuff. And then on the uh, young adult adult section, uh, we're going to have the swings, but we're also going to have some, you know, light fitness equipment. And mm. we're going to have, you know, some activities that really foster interactivity. So air hockey, uh, cornhole, giant Jenga. So the idea is that, you know, you're, you're going to be, you know, building some of those, you know, social skills, um, while you're having a, you know, like a fun t- place to hang out. And that's the sensory gym. And then the community space really is a, a blank palette at this point. Um, you know, we want to hear what the community wants those activities to be. Um, you know, we're assuming some of the, you know, more obvious of, um, you know, art and yoga, uh, improv. Uh, we want to do esports. Um, you know, we've had a conversation with the local Apple store about doing a photography class. Cool. And so really it's, social, recreational, and lifestyle activities, um, you know, that are of interest and a place where, you know, you be you and you can go and and hang out and, you know, all times of the day uh, to serve, you know, really, you know, we see the word spectrum as the spectrum uh, of ages that the facility can, you know, welcome, as well as, you know, the spectrum of diversity and inclusion, um, so we're just really excited about the project and we, we look forward to it opening in the next few weeks. That is fantastic. Um, I already have questions. <laughs> um, so can you give us a sense of like size? How big is the space? Total space is about uh, 5,600 5, square feet. 
Okay. Uh, the sensory gym is about 2000. Uh, the, the main community space is about a thousand. Then we have, you know, another space that uh, can be for birthday parties, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the, you know, the cupcakes portion of the birthday party. Sure. Um, it also could be con- converted into a small activity space. And then we've got another couple hundred square feet for a third activity space. Um, so we've got, you know, the ability to kind of be flexible, you know, I kind of say amoeba like, um, you know, so that we can, you know, really kind of move around things to be, you know, all things. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I think that that being an amoeba, um, it's good, good analogy, but that probably works really well for the, um, the people who you're, you're hoping to, to, you know, give access to that, you know, the, the, the ability to flex and to both create a more a smaller space with with sort of a tighter feeling as well as opening it up for a larger space is probably going to work really well and i would think be very um attractive to caregivers and parents grandparents extended family to know that there's um options so that's uh that's great and i and i forgot to mention we do have also a um a sensory room and so that is the uh, price chopper golub foundation has underwritten uh, a sensory room that will be um you know the calming place um so if you get a little bit too excited uh being in the sensory gym you have a place to go and you know lay on a crash pad and you know we've got the fiber optic uh the fiber optic lights and the the waterless bubble tubes. Um, and, um, you know, so that'll be, you know, an additional thing so that, you know, that's uh, available for folks too. Very cool. I had that years and years ago, I, I was in one of those rooms. It was called, it had a specific name. I think it was a Susan room or something um, yep. similar. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right either, but, um, <laughs> but it was an interesting experience because uh, I was in there. I went into one with a few other people Um and we all had very wildly different experiences. Um, some people were immediately overwhelmed and had to leave. Some people loved it and would have stayed in for a much longer period of time than I could. I liked it for a while. And then uh, it was started to remind me of the feeling I used to get when I was on the swings, which I loved as a child, but was if I was on the swings for too long, it was like, it kind of was too much. And I would start to feel a little bit nauseous and overwhelmed. But, um, but I remember I've talked to so many families um, over the years and in my role here at Anderson. And um, it it sounds like you're providing an opportunity uh, not only for a wide range of people and age groups, but also what, you know, the spectrum often means to me that every person is still an individual different person. And also what might be helpful and, and supportive and feel comfortable for, for one individual when they're six, you know, we should all have an expectation that when that person is 11, they're going to want to do different things. They're potentially going to want to do some of the same things, but also some new things. They might want to, you know, involve another person or a group of people. So I love the fact that you've got some things designed for, um, individuals to, to, to do activities, but then also this social component with those games and larger spaces. And then of course the birthday parties, um, and, and opportunities where, um, where folks who to be honest, some people I think have historically felt left out of those birthday celebrations or felt like it's, they're not maybe going to have a lot of people show up for those birthday celebrations. These are things that I've heard from families over the years that can really, really heartbreaking, but one thing you can check off uh, sounds like when you're going to bring on the spectrum for that event is that the space is going to be set up conducive to the most success that you could you could have. So that sounds great. Yeah, awesome. yeah. I mean, it, it, I think you're 100 percent correct. I think, you know, 
when we look at what's missing in any community, you know, Albany or otherwise, it's, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of things for the younger kids, Mm -hmm. mostly sports, you know, like a challenger baseball. And while sports are wonderful and they do provide social opportunities, not every kid likes sports. And so then what is there? And then, you know, as you said, as you grow up, you know, the six-year-old eventually becomes 16, eventually becomes 26. And I think the long-term play, um, you know, whether it's affordable housing and independent living, mm-hmm. what our, 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 our residential home situations are, what are the activities as part of that? It's like we've only focused on, you know, autism as if it's like a four-year-old thing. And then, you know, age five, it's over. And that's just yeah. not, it's just not realistic. And I think that's where, you know, you see it in your everyday uh, work. You know, that's where these, where our families are struggling. Um, we're struggling with, you know, all of the next steps. Um, you know, it's a, if it's a 26 mile marathon, you know, we're not running, you know, you know, the 60 yard dash and it's over. Um, you know, we've got to be, you know, more thoughtful as to what that long-term play is going to be for individuals and families. Well, absolutely. I think you're, you're hundred percent right. I think there've been some strides that have been made in terms of awareness that uh, I guess, first and foremost, that, that autism is not a, a childhood disability. Um, certainly you don't age out of it when you're five, but you also don't age out of it when you're 21. Um, and, and so you hit on a lot of points that we talk about in here at Anderson that, you know, uh, we talk about with, with um, our partners at places like SUNY Empire State College and, you know, Albany Medical Center and, and lots of, you know, families from all over, um, you know, er- have stories to tell and experiences that are very real and are still occurring to this day. Um, but the other piece that, that you use the word play, and I know you were using it in the sense of the long term sort of plan. Um, in terms of how to address things. But, but I love the word play also because, um, because you don't age out of the need for play or the joy that play gives you or the peace that play gives you, or, you know, and also the fact that, that for everybody play is different. Um, I have a a neurotypical child who um, never, never liked sports and finally got old enough to tell me that she really just didn't like doing sports that felt sort of overwhelming and, and competitive. Um, Mm. But uh, it's taken her many years to, to get interested in something um, when I do think that there's a general sense or can be a general sense that people fall into into communities where, you know, oh, every kid can just join the, the little league team or even, like you said, challenger exactly. baseball. There are leagues that are designed specifically for, for young children, um, you know, on the autism spectrum or, um, you know, with another uh, type of developmental disability or challenge. Um, but even that isn't enough. You know, it really is all about having access of all kinds. Um, so we are already um, amazingly halfway through our time when we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to ask you a little bit more about the um, the early decision making about moving in this direction and then your hopes for the future, as well as a couple of things you mentioned about how people can give you feedback and ideas for what they might want to see um, at the gym and, and who's going to be there to welcome families when they arrive. So um, we'll be right back. This is 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. 
Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. And now, 1 in 54 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I am speaking with Lisa Audie, board president and founder of Bring On the Spectrum. Lisa, it's been a, a good first half of the show. I'm very excited. I want to come out and see, bring on the spectrum, the sensory gym and community space when it opens, which is a great first question for the second half. When do you expect to open the doors? We hope to open in the next uh, few weeks. Um, you know, we're at the uh, planning process with the, the town of Colony. Um, and so things have been going very well there. Um, and you know, the, we've got the equipment and we're, we're ready to rock and roll. That is exciting. Um, great. Are you going to have any sort of ribbon cutting or any event to, to launch the opening or where can people find out more about, um, when, when you'll be official? Well, we will have a, we'll have a grand opening weekend. Uh, right now folks can uh, follow us on our Facebook page, which is bring on the spectrum. Uh, and people can also email uh, any ideas or suggestions that they might have for the facility to bring on the spectrum at gmail.com. All right. I'm writing that down. We're going to repeat that a few times for those of you who didn't get it. That's bring on the spectrum at gmail.com. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that, Lisa, because you had earlier uh, in the first half of our, our conversation, you had mentioned that you're open to feedback and ideas and suggestions from community members um, who uh, might have some questions or some thoughts about what they'd love to see there, what their child, what their loved one, what their sibling, what their you know, friend might, might really enjoy um, at a place like Bring on the Spectrum. And is, is everything fair game at this point? Will, will, is it, are all ideas welcome, even though you may not be able to act on all of them, but are all ideas welcome? Certainly all ideas are welcome. Um, you know, the, the, the board and the advisory council that we've developed, you know, have been awesome to this point in getting us to where we are. But really, it's the community. When we say it's a community space, it is the community's space. It's not, you know, it's not my space. It's not the board space. Um, it's what the community wants, what they feel has been missing you know, in the conversations that we've had with local service organizations and, you know, people in our public school systems, um, you know, parents, individuals, you know, we've got, you know, gotten a good idea of what people are interested in. Um, but to me, there's no such thing as, you know, not having somebody, you know, provide an idea or offer a suggestion. Um, you know, I think ultimately we want the community to be, you know, helping with the events, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think we can get a committee of neurodiverse individuals that can plan, you know, teen movie night. Um, you know, what is the movie? Um, how much pizza are we going to order? What kind of pizza? Mm -hmm. Are you really going to go pineapple? Like, yeah. whoa. Have you thought um, that through? Exactly. <laughs> who's going to make the phone call? Nice. What time is it coming? How do you want to arrange the chairs? And that provides all this executive functioning mm -hmm. and leadership opportunities, um, and it makes the space theirs. I mean, uh, I, I'm at an age where I don't know what the movie ought to be, right? Like my my ten year old, you know, is you know starting to graduate out of Disney, and I'm like, oh no, what's next? Because I yeah. love Disney's. No, um, nobody and, wants and so, nobody wants my movie suggestions anymore at my house either. Oh well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, um, and, and we're 
That, I love, I love that. I, what you just described to me is like the absolute most natural sort of teen night that I think in, in all the years I've been doing this show and talking to people that to me just sounds right on the, the money. Cause you know, they'll spend happily, you know, half an hour to an hour just deciding on the pizza order. And then, and then, Oh my goodness, who's going to make the phone call, which, um, which is overwhelming for, for most people um, and many people, but but I love that you said leadership because out of that conversation, somebody will emerge as the one who takes that on and says, I'll make the phone call. And then, and then they go home after that night with, um, with probably lots of things in terms of hopefully an enjoyable experience, maybe a new friend, maybe, you know, maybe a new movie that they like, but also um, somebody needed to make the phone call and I did it. You know, like that's just so cool. And if you think about that from from just a general perspective of both, um, you know, of parenting, of being a member of a community, of being a friend to others and having friends like that's just so much of it is those shared experiences where it's not the big, shiny, bright object in the room. It's the, you know, I ordered the pizza last night. <laughs> like, yep. You know, I was part of making that successful. That's just I, I, I just wanted to pull that out a little bit because that was a great example. Um, I have a question, another question for you. Is there going to be, um, are there going to be various fees for the use of the gym? Are there employees that are going to work in the gym and run programs or what's the, um, how, do, how does it work logistically? Sure. Um, on the community space side, um, we are partnering with um, small businesses and other nonprofits to uh, help provide some of the activities. We feel that, you know, coming out of covid uh, it's an opportunity for us to, you know, support the small businesses that struggled uh, during COVID. And we feel like, you know, in, in essence, bring on the spectrum will be this ecosystem where our individuals are comfortable coming to activities. Um, and so it's a way for smaller businesses to uh, expand their opportunities um, in an environment where uh, the individuals will have been experienced comfort coming to it. Um, and we just feel like, you know, you know, we all succeed, you know, as a, as a community, you know, neurodiverse, neurotypical when we're working together mm -hmm. um, and addressing what the, what the needs are of the community. So that's kind of the concept behind the community space portion of it um, on the sensory gym side, you know, we will have monthly memberships um, that will be, you know, something that would be, you know, reimbursable through uh, OPWDD self-direction mm -hmm. um, as part of like a, a health club membership, as well as just a regular, you know, drop-in rate. I'm coming in for, you know, an hour to, you know, to uh, participate. Um, so the activities will have a fee that's, you know, a relationship that we build with the small business or the nonprofit sure. that's putting it on. And then the sensory gym um, would have a, a space. But we're also, you know, looking right now at, um, you know, opportunities to also serve the, you know, the underserved population. You know, we see the underserved population as our population because, you know, if we were if we were being well served, we would not need bring on the spectrum. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> right. But, yep. you know, we also are very cognizant in terms of our location um, and trying to be able to serve the black and brown community. Um, and so we've got some really good um, programmatic ideas to make sure that those communities, um, you know, uh, are included in, in what we have and what we offer. Great. Um, and, and let's say um, 
I don't know, let's say there's a the family that, you know, is uh, is raising a child on the spectrum, um, thinks this would be great um, and maybe has several children, some of whom are on the spectrum, some of whom are not. Is there is there any reason why uh, why somebody can like wouldn't be able to come with their sibling or are neurotypical children oh. encouraged and allowed to come into the gym and participate? Is that I mean, I would think that by and large, that would be a, a positive in terms of that interrelation and and social skills building and, and bonding experience. But just curious if there's any I'm, I'm trying to think from the perspective of, of a of a maybe a parent who's feeling a little overwhelmed, not sure if this is for them. Um, is there any reason why they they that wouldn't work? Yeah, no, it would totally work. I mean, the 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 spaces for all, uh, and all means all, uh, is is really kind of our moniker. I mean, really, part of the idea that kind of um, you know where we started to kind of expand what we were thinking was, you know, I've got a a, fr- a friend who's you know got a neurotypical and a neurodiverse children, and on a Saturday morning, the family ends up splitting up, and you know, dad mm-hmm. takes you know one kid, mom takes the other because they're not going to the same place. And so that's where we kind of said, okay, well, you know, the neurotypical could obviously go into the sensory gym if they would want to, but if they don't, and we happen to have an art class going on at the same time, you know, the neurotypical maybe takes the art class while the neurodiverse is on the swings or vice versa. Like it, right. it doesn't matter. Right. So the, the space is, you know, is for everybody. And that's where we started to think, you know, that's where the idea that it needed to be just more than you know, the sensory gym, right? Like, and that's where the, all the other activities started to kind of come. And so it's like the, you know, the, 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 the sun and the, the planets, and we're all kind of like yeah. orbiting around. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of where, you know, some of the, you know, early thought process came from was, you know, witnessing this family. Cause you know, I just don't feel like families, you know, you, you're, you're in school all week working, whatever. And then on Saturday morning, when you could be doing something as a family, mm-hmm. you're not because the family feels that, you know, because of the neurodiverse child, they need to go to different places or they need to stay home or they just, you know, there's not a place for them to go. Yeah. yeah. There is a place to go. Um, and and we welcome I- you. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's great. I love that example. And also then you're exp- able to expand to include, um, you know, friends, cousins, I, you know, I just exactly and 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 have those family a place where you can also have a family gathering um, where there's something for everybody. Um, you know, I think that it's not it's not a surprise. I think at this point that the statistics on, uh, you know, marital cha- challenges and, and other family dynamics that get really hard are often more, even more pronounced and more significant um, uh, in the autism community. And um, and so I, I really have an appreciation for anybody who's starting a new business or starting uh, an, an initiative or project, any, anything in the field really that is accessible to the community and has a little, at least a little bit of that in mind in terms of um, you know, focusing in on some very specific uh, opportunities that we now know can be really helpful and comfortable and, and positive and enjoyable for people on the spectrum, but aren't at the expense of more and more separation um, and isolation, because that's another yeah. risk and, and something that affects so many families. Um, we, we are once again getting low on time. Lisa, I want to give you the opportunity. What is I mean, next steps are uh, email bring on the spectrum at gmail.com if you have ideas or questions about the opening um, for bring on the spectrum. Uh, go to their page on Facebook, also bring on the spectrum. And in the next few weeks, I know you're going to be opening your doors and inviting people in. But last 
last words from you about um, about this this work that you're doing. We're excited. Um, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier, um, we will be hiring individuals from the neurodiverse population. Um, and we are working with, you know, for example, Spectrum Designs on our uh, staff T-shirts um, awesome. because we believe in we believe in walk the walk and talk the talk. We're just excited. Um, you know, we're excited for the opportunity. We are all ears and we want this facility to be your facility. That's what the intention is. And so, um you know, part of the name, bring it on, bring it on everybody. We're ready. That's great. I love that. Um, and I, I, I'm excited for you. I can't wait to come see it when you open again, if you have ideas or questions, uh, for Lisa and her team, go, uh, you can send an email to bring on the spectrum at gmail.com, uh, follow them on Facebook and soon enough, there'll be doors will be open and the website will be running. And, um, I wish you all the best. I think it's an exciting project. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 